0: crossroads and guests. This is Pastor Lee. We're so glad that you have tuned in to our podcast today. I want to let you know about our website, wherelifechanges.com. There you can find more about church events, ministries and giving options. Check out my blog at pastorlee.org and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at crcc underscore social. Find us at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Changes. We really hope the message today inspires and encourages you to worship passionately, serve others, and share truth. Now, let's jump into the message. And I want to go ahead and get into to the message here. Uh, here's what I want you to know. The devil's number one goal is to stagnate your walk in Christ. He wants to stop it. He wants to short it out. He wants to end it. I want to read to you out of Second uh, Peter chapter 1. Verse 3 through 11. The Bible says, His divine power, talking about God's divine power, has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. I want to stop there. I want you to see, it's God's intention that you participate in a divine nature. That is a nature that supersedes, that is above the sinful nature. Everything that holds us back, everything that controls us, everything that leads to things that are detrimental and destructive in our life. God doesn't want you to live in that. He wants you to elevate in him into the divine nature where you are able to experience love and joy and peace on a much higher level. It's never his intent that you just sit where you're at. Amen? Let's keep reading. For this very reason... Make every effort to add. Everybody say add. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure. Everybody say increasing. So not that you have them, but that you are always increasing. Not that you have them, but you're always increasing. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? And, and so I want you to understand, the devil wants to stop you in your tracks. He wants you to stop growing. It, it's important for us to understand the, the techniques of the devil. He, he is not necessarily wanting you to go out and doing these horrendous things. He is simply wanting you to stop growing. When you stop growing, you become ineffective and unproductive. When you become ineffective and unproductive and stop producing the fruits, then you begin to die. We live off the fruit of the Spirit. When we stop living and keeping in step with the fruit of the Spirit, then our spirit begins to die. And so the enemy, he says, I I don't have to get you to do these wild and crazy things. I don't have to get you to do these most wicked, horrendous things that nobody wants to talk about. All I got to get you to do is stop growing, to just sit still, to be where you're at. To never mature, to never grow, to never do anything. And, and what happens when he does that is, is we get stagnant. We, there, there are things the enemy does that makes us believe this is as far as I can go. And, and we start living our life as if God doesn't want to do more or that God wouldn't want to do more. Or why would God want to do it for me? And, and, and so there is nothing new. When I talk about stagnant, nothing new. There's no new love. There's no new joy. There's no new peace. There's no new mercy. There is nothing new. And, and let me tell you, you can't live off of yesterday's love. The Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. I need a little bit of Jesus every day. In fact, let me rephrase that. I need a whole lot of Jesus every single day. Amen? And, and the Jesus I get today is not enough for tomorrow. It, it is enough for today, and I need it every day, and so I need to be renewed in all things. And that's why Jesus said, I have come to make all things new. Amen? He's in a process of making everything new. Your life is being made new. Your mind is being made new. Your heart is being made new. And when it's not, then we stop dreaming. We stop loving. We stop giving. We stop living. And we start dying. Spiritual stagnation is the first step to walking away from Christ. It, it, it's interesting that when Jesus starts talking about the Holy Spirit he talks about it in the form of fruit how many of y'all like fruit fruit's a gamble you never know when you're going to get the sour grape I like bananas for a little while I was on a health kick it wasn't a long while it was a little while and I, and I would have almond milk with peanut butter and a banana praise the Lord the good thing about bananas is when they're bad, they tell you. You look at them, and they're all black and nasty and moldy. You know, you can get a, uh, an apple. An apple look good until you bite into it. Then who knows what's in there. But a banana will tell you, <clears throat> and it will say, I am bad. Do not touch me. Do not eat me. And, and the thing about fruit is fruit goes bad. So then we have God saying the Holy Spirit is compared to fruit. And fruit goes bad. I'm not going to sit here and tell you and don't walk away and say, oh, preacher says the Holy Spirit goes bad. What, what I'm saying to you is it must be renewed. You must be eating it brand new all over again every single day, all the time. And if you don't, then, then your spirit goes bad. Because I need that fresh fruit. I need a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit. I need a fresh fire in my life. I need a fresh movement inside my spirit that I can keep on going. Amen? The worst thing we can do is live life as if there was nothing new. As if you, you know, you ought to be falling in love with your spouse every day. You ought to be falling in love with your children every day. You ought to be falling in love with Jesus again every day. Everything ought to be renewed. And that's what life is supposed to be like. That's abundant life. Waking up saying, today is going to be a good day because God is doing something new in my, I don't know what it is, but I know he's going to do something new because he said, I am making all things new. Amen? Amen? Y'all with me this morning? And, and, and so we need that fresh fire, that fresh joy. The, the enemy wants us to be lukewarm. He just wants us to be lukewarm. Thank you, brother. A, a, a stuck Christian, a stuck Christian. Is the devil's greatest weapon. Maybe y'all didn't hear that one. A stuck Christian is the devil's greatest weapon. In the book of Revelation, he said, I would rather you be hot or cold. I'd rather you be on fire for Jesus or on fire for the devil, but not lukewarm, not in the middle, not stuck. Why? Because a stuck Christian carries the name of Christ and lives like hell. And when you carry the name of Christ and you live somewhere else and you live in a way that glorifies the enemy, you confuse people. You create more damage than you do good. And so that's why the enemy, he loves to just get it stuck. You can grow this far. Now let's stop. I know you had a revival last year, but no, nothing this year. I know, I know you had a good week last week, but we're going to stop. You don't really need to read the Bible. You don't really need a new touch from the Lord. You, you know, you had that experience a long time ago, and you can live off of that. You can give testimony, and that's all you need. But Jesus said, forget about the past things. He said, forget about the former things. In the Old Testament, he's talking about all the great miracles of God. He said, forget about that. Do you not perceive I'm doing a new thing? He wants us to grow. Amen? You become stagnant, and the way you know is you're fighting the same battles today that you fought last month. You're dealing with the same issues that you dealt with last year. You never overcome. You never win. You never have victory. But Jesus said that you are to be more than overcomers in him. Amen? So today I want to talk to you about Resisting the devil and staying hot in your walk with Christ. Amen? So when you leave here and somebody says, what did the preacher say? And you can say, the preacher said, I'm hot. <coughs> That'll make them listen to the next sentence at least, you know what I'm saying? In Zechariah chapter 3, the prophet Zechariah has a, a vision. He has this vision. And, and I want to give you a little bit of context. What is happening is the Israelites, <coughs> they have been disobedient to the lord and because they've been disobedient to the lord the lord removed his protection to a certain degree and because some of his protection was removed the nation of babylon came in and and overtook them and when that happened they they took some people and they moved them back to to babylon they were called exiled that's how they would maintain their dominance And, and so the the nation of israel has been in captivity and there has been a prophet that said it will last for 70 years and so we're coming up at the end, and God is saying, now the punishment has finished. It's time to go back and rebuild the city and rebuild the temple. And so that's the message the prophet has given. We're going to go back and rebuild. We're going to start over. We're going to go back and, and, and see the glory of God in our city and in our temple again. And, and so getting ready for that, he shows Zachariah this, this uh, vision. And so I want to read it in chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Then he showed me Joshua. Everybody say Joshua. Now Joshua was a high priest. Now remember, Israel was a theocracy. And so the high priest was like the head of the whole nation. They didn't have a high priest at this time because they had been dominated by the kingdom of Babylon. So nothing was happening. So when when he sees an image of the high priest, it represents the entire nation. And so he said, He showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. Everybody say, accuse. In Revelation, it says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. The accuser of the brethren. The Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a man bur- a burning stick snatched from the fire? Now, Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. The angel said to those who were standing before him, take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, see, I have taken away your sin and put fine garments on you. Amen? Now, I I want you to understand what's going on here because Joshua in this vision is sitting here like he's on trial. And he's sitting there looking at the judge and on the right side, he's got Satan. And Satan is sitting there, and, and he is the accuser of the brethren. So, what is Satan doing? And the, Satan is saying, Why should you give Israel back their city? They were so horrible. They worshipped other gods. They took idols and put it in the actual temple. One of your kings actually sacrificed his own son to a false god. Why would you let Joshua and the nation of Israel have their kingdom back and have their city back and have their... Look at all the bad stuff they have done. The devil loves to bring up your sin. Are you all with me? The devil loves to bring up your sin. He loves to remind you of everything you've ever done. The devil has a way of suddenly putting a, a, a film in your mind where you remember the things you said, the things you did. You remember how you felt when you did it. Sometimes the emotions come back fresh. And, and he will begin to remind God. He will say, God, why do you want to bless this one? Why would you bless it? Don't you remember they had that affair? Don't you remember they had an abortion? Don't you remember what they said? They left you for two years and now they want to come back and be. Why would you bless them? Look at all the stuff in their life. You want to rebuild their life, and you want to make it new again, but look at everything they've done. They lied, they cheated, they did all this, and and now you want to show up and do all this stuff? The devil loves to bring it into your mind, and, and he begins to speak into your mind, and you begin to remember these things. And some of us live under a spirit of condemnation for things that are in the past, and what is in the past should stay in the past. Amen? And we get stuck and, and, and it's difficult. We begin to feel unworthy. We begin to think of what we should have been, what we should have said, what we should have done. Have, have you ever just sat there and, and suddenly this flood of memory comes back of how you talked to your husband? What you did. The day you didn't. And you begin to think, how could I have done that? What, what is in me that I could have done that? I want you to know that when those emotions begin to flood over you, you have a spiritual enemy at your right side saying to God, look at everything he's done. Look at everything she did. She's not worthy of anything. You should never bless her again. And, and the difficulty there is when the enemy speaks, he gets into our own mind, and so it feels like we're doing it to ourselves, but there is a spiritual enemy uh, trying to attack our thoughts, trying to get us to think things that aren't, that aren't right biblically just to get us down, just to get us depressed. Just to get us where we are condemning ourselves and we are feeling unworthy. And we're feeling like, well, you know, maybe, maybe that's right. Maybe I don't deserve to be blessed. Maybe my marriage shouldn't be any better because of what I did. Maybe, maybe my kids shouldn't be all messed up because I wasn't the best friend. Maybe all this bad stuff. Maybe I deserve it. Amen. Maybe I deserve it. There was an enemy standing right next to you every single day who is the accuser of the brethren trying to remind you of every sin you've ever committed, every bad thought you've ever had, everything you've ever done that goes against the will of God, trying to make you feel like you are nothing before the throne so that you would never ask for anything again, never expect anything again, to feel unworthy. But I want you to see what God did. He said, praise the Lord. He did, he did, <laughs> we don't get all the words of the vision. I wish we got all the words, but, but God just stopped Satan and said, shut up. I'm paraphrasing. That's the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Israel rebuke you. Amen. <laughs> The devil's accusation against you will never change God's mind about you. The devil's accusation can change your opinion about yourself, but he can never convince God of anything that God do not want to be convinced of. And so then we think, well, well if he's sitting there and, and he's telling God everything bad that Joshua's done and everything bad I have done, everything bad you are done, what's he doing it for if he can't convince God? Because God said, I love you with an everlasting love. He said, I, I love you with a love that endures forever and ever. Amen? Let me tell you something. God doesn't care what people say about you. God doesn't care what you've done in the past. God doesn't care about all that. The Bible says when you gave your heart to the Lord, all of that was washed clean in the blood of the Lamb. Amen? And so you can, you can <clears throat> amen, praise the Lord for that. You, you can bring it up all you want. I, sometimes I think God must be confused up there because we keep saying, but God, I did this, I did that, and he's saying, I don't even see that. Where? I, I, don't, I don't know. Amen? God doesn't care. Satan wants us to feel unworthy, so we don't even try. So we feel undeserving of God's blessings. He's using our past against us, trying to get us to, to, to do these things. But, but the, the, the Lord says, I love you, period. God loves you, period. No strings attached. You don't have to be perfect you see the devil's not trying to convince God he's trying to convince us so we could say well why would I be blessed why would God want to do anything for me why would God want to help me and so if I begin to think that well then why would I pray why would I go to church why would I read the Bible why would I call upon his name if I don't deserve it And, and the enemy can get so much in my mind that I actually limit the power of God by my own guilt and my, my own shame. <clears throat> and we think, well, you know, I'm just not the kind of person that God wants to bless. Let me tell you something. You're exactly the kind of person God wants to bless. Amen? Exactly. Just who you are. Because the Bible says that God likes to take the foolish and shame the wise. The Bible says he likes to take that which is not and make it as if it were. He said, I like to make the tail and turn it into the head. As long as I understand that I am nothing without God, I am exactly the kind of person God wants to bless. I'm exact. You are, if you understand you're not perfect, if you understand, and if you think you're perfect, you're lost. But if you understand you're not and that you need help, you are the exact person that God says, that's who I want to bless. Why? So that he can receive glory. Because when he receives glory, more people come to him. And his number one goal let's keep everybody out of hell that we can. Amen. Are y'all with me this morning? Guilt and shame will cause us to forfeit God's plan for our life. Guilt and shame. <clears throat> Guilt and shame. Let me tell you something. You are not what you have done. Maybe you've lied a bunch. That'll make you a liar. You've had affairs. That'll make you an adulterer. You cheated. Don't make you a cheater. Lose your temper all the time? That doesn't mean that you're an angry person. Because the Bible says that when you gave your heart to Christ, you became a new creation. A new creation. Amen? And, and, and the Apostle Paul, he said like this, because the Apostle Paul gave his heart to the Lord, he became a new creation. And then he said, but I'm still sinning. And, and he understood, and, and he was able to put this together theologically, and he said, but now, because I'm a new creation, it's not I who sin, but sin living in me that's sinning. And I know that's hard for us to understand, but what he's saying is you are not what you do. Just because you've done all that stuff doesn't make you a horrible person. Just because you've done all that stuff doesn't mean that God doesn't love you, doesn't want to bless you. I'm telling you, if you know what you've done and you say, Lord, please forgive me for what I've done, God wants to do something new in your life. Amen? The worst thing can happen is you'd be held under this cloud of conviction over sins that have already been wiped away. That you'd be held under this guilt. And well, look what I've done. I don't care what you did yesterday. yesterday Yesterday's yesterday. Are you all with me this morning? It, 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 we have to understand that, that God is at work, and, and, and the devil speaks in our voice. He gets in our voice, but God is at work all the time. Amen? But I want you to understand the strategy of the enemy. Not, not only is he accusing you in your own mind, he uses other people to accuse you. He, he, he will put other people, and, and, and they will sit there and just tell you everything you ever did wrong and tell you everything you've messed up in. And tell you how bad you are and how horrible you are. Whether it's a sin, whether it's a mistake, if they feel like it's wrong, they'll just run you into the ground. They'll do it to your face. They'll do it behind your back. They'll do it in front of people. They'll do it in secret. They don't care. And we have to be careful that we don't become that kind of person. Because if, if I cannot speak the truth in you in a way that builds you up, if I only speak the truth to you in a way that tears you down so that when you're done, you feel like just a little worm, that I'm the devil's mouthpiece. I'm the devil's mouthpiece. There's some people in your life you just need to stop listening to. There's some voices in your head you just need to let go. Amen? Are you all listening to what I'm saying? Don't listen to people that run you down. People, all they want to do is run you down. Now, when I say run you down, I, I, don't, I don't mean don't listen to people that speak the truth. We need to hear the truth. But if the only way they can speak the truth is by making you feel like a, a piece of dirt, then that's the devil speaking to you. You need to tell him to shut up, right? That's what Jesus did. He told, he told Peter, Satan, get thee behind me. Amen? And we have to get out from underneath the cloud of what people have said about us and what they're still saying about us. Some of us are under a cloud of guilt and shame over what our mamas and daddies said, and they're not even alive anymore. We're under guilt and shame over condemnation we have felt from people that aren't even in our life anymore. And it's stagnating our walk. It's stagnating our walk. The scripture says, let nothing come out of your mouth except what is good for building others up. Amen? Amen. Let nothing come out of your mouth except for what is good. That's not easy, because sometimes people are crazy, and you want to tell them how crazy they are. But I'm supposed to build you up. I'm supposed to, to help you to, 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 to help you understand who you are, so you messed up. but I want to build you up by knowing just because you messed up don't mean God's done with you. And God still got something else for you, and God forgives, and he is faithful to forgive, and he is slow to anger and abounding in love, and he wants to bless your life. And just because you did that yesterday doesn't mean that God's plan for you is erased. It's still there waiting. God wants to do So pick yourself up, and let's get back up on the horse, and let's keep going and keep moving because God's not done. Amen? And we got to lift people up, not tear them down. Tear them down. I might as well be the devil myself. Are you all with me? All right, I'm done with the introduction now. Here we go. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now I want you to see. <laughs> now I know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I want, I'm going to go back to Zechariah and I want you to see. God rebukes him, but listen, how he, how he, why he rebukes. He says, The Lord rebuke you, saying, The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem. Chosen. Chosen. Jesus tells a parable, and I don't have time to read it, about uh, the kingdom of heaven being like a wedding banquet. And he says, go out and invite everybody. But the people here, go out and invite these people, certain people. But those people didn't want to come. And so he said, well, forget them. Just go invite anybody and everybody. And so they went out and invited everybody they could. And so those people came. and and so then the master of the ceremony was going around and he found some who were not in wedding clothes now if I'm going to go to a wedding then I need to change who I am because I got to change my attire that's the Jewish custom and wear wedding clothes and this is a spiritual analogy that that God has invited the whole world for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him everybody is invited but then I have to make a decision to repent and say Lord I need for you to change me and put on me the garments of holiness and righteousness this that I can't do for myself. And when the master of the ceremony saw some without wedding clothes, he said, you get out. And then he says, many are invited, but few are chosen. And so we understand from this, those that repent and respond to the invitation, God chooses. He said, that's the one I want. That's the one I want. I'm going to work in them. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to help them. I'm going to strengthen them. The one who responds to the invitation, that's who I want. You don't respond to the invitation, no repentance. You don't say, well, I don't need God. You just want to show up for the cookies and cake. Then he said, no. But if you respond in repentance, so here's what I want you to see. If you're a believer today, it's not because you are ever perfect. I know some of you just got shocked because you thought you were perfect. Perfect. You've been chosen because you repented. And if God's acceptance upon you is because of your repentance, then you never were perfect. And if you never are perfect, God still accepts you as you are. Are you all with me this morning? I, wanna, I want you to know the devil uses our own sin to make us feel unworthy, but God's acceptance of us has never been based on perfection. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14 is a powerful passage. It says, for by one sacrifice, Christ on the cross, for by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. It's a strange passage. He said, I have made them perfect, definite, those who are progressively being made holy. In other words, when you come to Christ, he says, all of your sin, gone. You are now perfect in my sight forever as long as you're being made holy. So in other words, as long as I keep trying and I keep responding, and when God convicts me, I repent and I do everything I can, and I'm trying to put, I'm trying to add to my goodness, faithfulness, and to faithfulness, and all. as long as I'm trying to do that, then I am perfect in His sight. So my sins have been forgiven yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? And so the devil can get you, well, I can't believe you do that. I cannot believe you are so horrible. I can't believe you. Shut up. I never said I was perfect. I said I needed a savior. And he loves me for that. Amen. When, when I understand this, it changes how I deal with my past and my sin. Because when I'm fully aware that my sin does not cause me to be rejected by my God, it endears me to him. Because it's one thing for somebody to love you, but it's something else when they love you at your worst. Amen? Some of you know what your worst is like. And there were a lot of people who didn't love you then. There's usually somebody God put in your life who says, I I love you even now. And when we understand that's how God is... That when I, when I made that confession of Christ and I have been made perfect as I am being made holy, then when I fail, it reminds me God's already forgiven me. The grace of God already covers me. So you want to tell me how bad a person I am and what I've done and how horrible I am? Get thee behind me, Satan. Amen. The devil wants to blind you of God's forgiveness. I'm going to go back to that first passage, and, and I promise I'm almost done. I, I'm, I know, brother, now. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love this man. He's an encourager. Amen. Now I want to go back and read it. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. He says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge, to knowledge self control, self control, perseverance. Perseverance, godliness, to godliness, mutual affection, to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. You see, if the enemy can never bring you to a place where you're, more, you're nearsighted, all you can see is what's in front of you. But what's in front of me is me, my sin, what I have done. And if the enemy can ever get me so focused on what I have done and how I have messed up, I can't see past that to the blood of Christ that covers what I have done. And I become blind to the fact that I have been forgiven. That I stand, if I die today, there's sin in my life, but if I die today, I stand before God perfect because I'm being made holy. As long as he's working on me, then I, I can be secure in my faith that when I die, I will stand before God with no sin at all. Amen? And the, the, the devil's going to stand right there by me. He's going to say, but he did this, he this, and I'm going to say, shut up. He stifles our growth by making us feel guilty of sin that's already been forgiven. So let me, let me finish with this. So understand the context. God is saying to the nation of Israel, you sinned, there has been punishment, and now we're going to restore. And and because of what's happening, the nation of Israel is saying, well, why would God do that? Look at what we did. Look at how we failed him. Look at how we went astray. Look at all the false gods we worship. Look at how how everything happened we used to dance naked in front of gods of egypt and do these horrendous things and and why would god do this for us and god gives them this vision and says look there's joshua in his filthy clothes but look i have removed the sin it's god telling israel i know your past But all of this right here, everything that you've been through and all this punishment, all this suffering that has come from your sin has been for this moment to get you ready for something new. To get you ready for something new. Amen? It's, it's uh, You know, a lot of times we, we, we condemn ourselves, and there's so many people condemning us and reminding us everything we, we've done wrong. We have their voices going on in our head. And, 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 and sometimes it, we, we've done those things, and we have messed up, and we have suffered the consequences. But if, if our consequences are in the light of Christ, then the consequences bring us back to God. Amen? Brings us back to God. And, and if, it, if you don't understand and you don't come back to God, then you stay in the darkness. Amen? But whenever you take your sin and you put it in the light of Christ and Christ says, look, you're already perfect and I'm making you holy. So I've got you covered right here and we're working on things. And so don't, everything that you've been in, in, other words, it's saying, don't give up on your life because you messed up. Don't give up on what God has for you. Don't give up just because you, you, your marriage was horrible before. Don't give up. It's still be great. Just because you were a horrible sinner, just because you weren't there for somebody, and now they've gone on, you think, "Well, I wasn't there, and I didn't help them." And whatever, whatever mistakes you think you have made, God is saying, "I let you go through that to draw you to Me to get you ready for something new." Behold, I make all things new. Amen. It's time to forgive yourself stop listening to those voices the bible says he who the son has set free is free indeed indeed and it's time to be free of your shame and your guilt because the blood of Christ cleanses us from it all amen and you have to take that by faith and you say I'm going to live by this truth and I still got people over here talking to me, but I'm going to I'm gonna tell them in Jesus' name, shut up. And I'm going to listen to what God says to me, that I am perfect, being made holy. And what I did yesterday does not preclude me from his plans for me today. And God is still good. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father. This is the devil's work. And there's not anybody here, Lord, that hasn't had a moment of absolute shame and guilt that we relive over and over again. There's not anybody here, Lord, that hasn't had somebody run them into the ground for something. Lord, even Christians run one another into the ground. And we know this gives the devil a foothold. And so right now, Lord, we want to come together as a family, as a body. And we pray for your Holy Spirit to envelop this place. And in the name of Jesus, we cast out every spirit of condemnation. And we lose the spirit of freedom. Freedom in the grace of a God who forgives. Freedom in the grace of a God who never stops believing in us freedom and the grace of a God who never stops dreaming for us. Heavenly Father, let all shame, guilt, we release it to you. We confess to you, Lord, we let it take too big of a place in our mind, and we give it to you rain your grace into our heart flood it into our spirit and help us to understand that we are a child of God fill us with the spirit of sonship of daughtership and Lord give us an ability to let the past go And believe that you are a God who does new things. We praise you. We give you all the glory. Everybody said together. Amen. Amen. Can we just give the Lord a praise offering for how good it is? Amen. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you for your time and listening today. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share us with your friends. Also, remember to follow us on social media. If you ever find yourself in the area, we would love to see you on a Sunday morning at 1040 a.m. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.